This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Scully with you in studio. Weeksy on his way back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So due to some flight mm-hmm. changing and swapping of moving around to come back home, Weeksy not able to join us uh, today on today's show. And uh, thanks for tuning in, whether it's TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, online across Canada, TSN Radio, or uh, TSN Television today as we do Monday after every major and uh, significant weeks in the world of golf. We broadcast Golf Talk Canada right. on TSN 2. Skulls, good morning. Good morning. First take on the weekend, because i got to say right now, was you know, PGA Championship week, everybody gets excited for the majors. Yep. I had a lot of enthusiasm when I saw, I was never a fan of Southern Hills, as you know. Yeah. And then I saw the redesign and I, the restoration by Gil Hans, and I read about it and I heard some comments from the players and I was starting to get excited about the golf course and my first images of some of the, uh, some of the golf course, I was like, okay, I was feeling cup half full, I was like anticipating a, a wonderful major venue. And then really, to be bluntly honest with you, for three and a half days of this golf tournament, I was just, <laughs> eh, you know. Big giant wide fairways and a and a weird leaderboard and a lack of rough and a soft golf course and a golf course where they couldn't cut the greens because they were anticipating wins and I just it was kind of all over the place. And then the last two hours of a broadcast happened Sunday night and we really got uh, one great finish. Where were you on this from the beginning and did it change for you throughout this tournament? Yeah, totally. I mean, the beginning, it was the hype machine was through the roof. There were so many storylines from Scotty Scheffler looking to win his second straight major championship to Jordan Spieth looking to complete the career Grand Slam after a first and a second in his last two starts to Tiger Woods looking good in practice rounds, looking good early on Thursday. And then they started playing, and yeah, it was a soft golf course. I, I, I like the contours and the areas around the greens, the runoff areas, although you didn't really see them that much because it was such a soft golf course. Okay, so here you go. So here was my kind of take, and, and I get it's the PGA of America. This is not the USGA. Yep. And I'm wondering, if this was the USGA and not the PGA of America, this golf course to me, to me, and I understand they're also protecting against 30 mile per hour wins and yep. they want to make it playable. I understand that. But this golf course, to me, at first glance, in the restoration of this golf course and, and the way they've created the runoff areas and the giant wide fairways and the sharp edges of greens, etc., to me, this looks like a golf course that should be a little brown and a little firm to see the genius in it from tee to green. Similar to uh, Aaron Hills or Chambers Bay or um, I'm just thinking of American Link style golf courses where you want the like, ball to like Shinnecock, maybe? Shinnecock. Yeah. yeah. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Like Shinnecock. Mm-hmm. And instead, you got a slowed down, ultra soft golf course that, to your point, you saw it on occasion. But not, yeah, right. and but I like the fairways were certainly firm, you know, given the tee shots, then the length yep. they were going, and yes, there that was influenced by the heat as well as the week got as the week, well. but but then the weekend came, and then like the weather here in the GTA, it just it's flipped a switch, and it was thirty degrees cooler, and it was breezy, and it was different, and uh, you know, we were all sort of 
hovering around that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 under par winning score. Mm -hmm. And after Rory shot 5 under on Thursday, we're thinking, okay, is this going to be 10, 15 under? And and without Mother Nature, it would have yeah, been. Yeah, and, and then five under won the tournament. Right. But it, and in terms of course design, and, and we're on the same page as this, you know, given the changes at Augusta National in the 15th hole, mm-hmm. par fives that are too long mm-hmm. are boring mm-hmm. because they're wedge contests. Because a lot of the field, if it's cooler like it was the last couple of days at Southern Hills, they're hitting driver, they're hitting an eight or nine iron, and then there it's a wedge contest from 80 to 120 yards. I think the word we're looking for here is variety. Yeah. And if you're going to have a 630-yard par five, that's great. But if you're going to have two par fives in the setup, don't have two of them, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we want variety. We, want, we don't want to see a five iron hit for every par three. It's the same example. Exactly. That. You ever play a golf course where you walk off the golf course, you go... Yeah, that's an interesting collection of par threes, but I hit the same club on all of them. Yeah. That's that's not that's not a good layout. That's mm-hmm. not a, a, that's not great design. You know, you want you want you know a long par three, a short par three, according to Jack. Anyway, yeah. To Jack, you give me a long par three, give me a short par three, give me two medium par threes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're saying the same thing with the par fives. And I really think that the two things I will take away from Southern Hills is a lack of variety. Yep. To your point. And a setup that was set up really to defend against Friday, Saturday weather. Right. That if we were going to have Thursday weather for four days, they would have they would have annihilated. Mm-hmm. It would have been like you know fifteen, sixteen under, and it would have been a much better golf course. If it was brown with with a lot of hops in it, uh, which we just didn't get. Now I will say on the glass half full side of things. The setup and the holes they selected for the playoff, the three-hole aggregate, yes, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. The the par five, which was great, which Zalatoris got on into. They moved right. the tees up on yes. thirteen on Sunday, so you could to go your for point. It. And but you know, JT missed the fairway, laid up to a good up. number, right. and you know, got up and down for birdie. Drivable par four, seventeenth. That was awesome to have as the second hole, and, and then the it, hardest and then 18, hole on the golf course, exactly. Which Mito Pereira made a mess of, which we'll get into. Yes. However, what you're saying here, Adam, is your, which is why people love Augusta, which yeah. is why people love TPC Sawgrass, why the audience has a relationship with those golf courses and those tournaments on an annual basis. You know the volatility, mm-hmm. you know the drama coming around the corner, you know the back nine on Sunday. We're familiar with it. We're waiting for Amen Corner. We're waiting for the Island Green, the 16, 17, 18 at Sawgrass. We know that you know the the Eagles are others yep. that can take place there. And to your point, the PGA of America pushing the tee up on 13 and selecting 13, 17, 18 for the playoff, they selected the three holes that can give you a change in outcome, that you can see that. Mm -hmm. And I think the overall setup didn't allow for that. I would have liked to have seen an overall setup that was... More, uh, more mimicking the three-hole playoff, if for lack of a better. And and in terms, it was kind of quirky too. And you know, Bob spoke with us on TV last week how there were a couple of holes where you had to hit tee shots over greens, and a lot of you know people waving over. You're going to go, or I'm, or I'm going to go on which the is green. Stuff you see in, in old golf courses in Europe. Yeah, not you know, Bally Bunnings, for Bally example, Bunnings. which is right. one of one of my favorites. Yeah. But it's it just it was quirky for yeah. sure for a, for a major championship. Hey, you know, good for Justin Thomas to get it done. Uh, 
We should get it. We're going to get into this a little bit more today. Today's show, all PGA Championship, pretty much, with the exception of we're going to take a look at uh, the opening U.S. Open That's odds because right. today, uh, next major month away, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to Texas this week, Colonial, Hogan's Alley. Then we'll go to the Memorial, uh, Jack's House. Then the RBC Canadian Open at St. George's. And then, immediately to the year's third major, the U.S. Open, we'll take a look at those TSN edge odds. Uh, But JT wins it. Let's hit it with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Well, Justin Thomas kind of saves the day. It is a seven-shot comeback. It ties the largest comeback in PGA Championship history. He shoots 367s at the end of the day. And for the last two months... Uh, what the world has been saying is Justin Thomas has done everything but win. Um, you had him in your mm-hmm. TSN Edge picks this week. Primarily, not say primarily, but you were saying that in your TSN Edge picks this week that, listen, eventually this has to happen. Oh, I mean, he's done everything but win. Again, the 367s comes from behind. The leaders falter and fall back. And that was really almost a statement on the quality of this leaderboard with no... No criticism to Mito Pereira, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young, etc. These are not winners on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. These are players with great promise. You know, uh, Mito Pereira was a battlefield promotion winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. He won three times and got the automatic promotion of the big tour. Will Zalatoris, we, we kind of mention each week, is maybe the best player right now on the PGA Tour without a victory. Hard to go from no victories to major champion. Yeah. Um, Cameron Young, potentially one of the best rookies, maybe rookie of the year, who knows? So, tons of talent, tons of promise, but nobody with, you know, the pedigree to bring home a major championship. Justin Thomas now, 15 wins, two majors, he's not 30 yet, working on a Hall of Fame career. And and pretty much already has a Hall of Fame career, which is which is great to see. And, you know, for Justin Thomas, he mentioned the 367s. After he signed for that 67 on Thursday, he said, if I took four of these, I think I'd win the golf tournament. And, yeah, he struggled on Saturday, which was surprising. But his round on Friday, when he definitely got the worst end of the draw, playing late and then early Friday morning, shooting that 367 was a remarkable round of golf. And then you go to Sunday's final round, he was just patient the entire time. As he said after his round, he's probably the first PGA champion to hit a dead hosel rocket <laughs> shank <laughs> during his round and going on to win. But it, you know his round was really uh, kickstarted with that, what, 85-foot birdie putt on the 11th hole, making three birdies in his final eight holes, the two birdies in the playoff, that tee shot on the second playoff hole, the three-wood into that 17th hole. That was a remarkable shot. Well, uh, to your point, Adam, the kickstart with the putter, he was 81st in strokes game putting on the season coming into the PGA. PGA Championship. He was second this week in strokes game putting. He averaged more than a, a shot and a half better with the putter daily than he has done all year. That's six shots mm-hmm. at the end of a golf tournament. He was six shots better with the putter this week than he's been the entire season on average. Well, go back and look at Justin Thomas's season and give him six shots better to the field that week, and he's probably on his fifth win of the year yeah, right he's probably now. in Scheffler category. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. You go back and look at waste management. Uh, you go back and look at maybe the, Genesis Invitation. The Masters, too. The Masters, potentially. Uh, where else did he contend? Byron Nelson. Valspar. Yeah. Valspar. Um, Mayakoba. Yep. And on the other side of Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, this could be five or six wins for him right now with the flat stick. We all know that that's the club. He was playing with a, a prototype putter this week, had a different uh, yeah. Scotty Cameron prototype of the bag, a little tweak, similar to what he's always been using. Mm-hmm. Hey, six shots better with the putter. He finally gets it done. That three wood on 17 uh, was epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, uh, 284 to the front edge, 302. He hits it to 36 feet. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Colin Morikawa a few years ago with the driver on 16, carving it in there. That's we right. love drivable par fours, right? We sure do, and, and, and that was a cool hole. I mean... I didn't love it on Thursday and Friday, hitting iron. It's all set up. Exactly. It's it's all set up. But I think for Justin Thomas, too, and this is something why I picked him both at the Masters and at the PGA Championship, was the influence of Bones. Jim Bones, Mackay on the bag. and We really thought this was going to come into play at Augusta, considering Bones' experience. experience at Augusta. I mean, with the exception of Steve Williams, has there been a caddy in the last 30 years that has had more success at Augusta National than, than Bones? No. 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 And, and, and how he was... I loved when the commentators would lay off and they would. You, we could hear Thomas and Bones converse on on the fairways, and and you could tell it was just positive energy all the time, giving him all the information. And I, I think Bones had a big impact or influence on Thomas's victory. And and for Bones too, he said after in an interview, he said I wouldn't have gone to any other bag because he was in his what fourth year with NBC Golf Channel as as a pretty good analyst, I would say too. And he he was still doing it too. Um, uh, in between the Masters, he was still doing stuff for NBC as well. He still, when when JT's not playing yeah. and NBC doesn't have the coverage, when it's a CBS golf property, for lack of a better term, he's still on the broadcast. So you know, good for for Bones and good for JT. And it is ironic too that you know a year ago Phil Mickelson won this tournament, and now a year later Phil Mickelson's former looper helps the next guy win the PGA. Yeah, Championship. interesting. Very interesting. And uh, we will see. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the PGA of America in today's show, too. Yeah. I'm going to throw something at you that I, I kind of got into it with a good friend of mine on the weekend uh, into this discussion. Mm-hmm. We're talking about identity right. of majors, and this came up. We'll get into it later, and maybe we'll put it out on the Golf Talk Canada Twitter account, this poll question. We'll do it at the end of of uh, our one in today's show. Uh, before we go to break, Justin Thomas is a champion. We uh, should hear from the latest PGA champion. He shoots 67, 67, 74, 67. It's his second major, second PGA championship, 15th win on the PGA Tour. Let's hear from Justin Thomas. Uh, I mean, a lot of self-belief, a lot of patience. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't looking at leaderboards today. I was just trying to play golf. It kind of goes back to what I said on uh, on Thursday of just not trying to play golf swing, not trying to play, you know, the field, not trying to play to a certain person, really just trying to execute each shot um, as well as I could. And then wherever it ended up, you know, just give my club to bones and let's move on and try to do the best we can on the next one. And he did an unbelievable job of keeping me in the moment and keeping me patient today. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just is an unbelievable team win for all of us. Well, you hear him give him the, uh, the nod to Bones, to your point there. Keep him in the moment. Team win. It's in a playoff over Will Zalatoris. Uh, again, a 67 coming from behind to get in that playoff. Uh, it was close. Pereira needing a par to win on the final hole, a bogey to get in the playoff. We're going to break it down. We're going to get into it. We'll hear from notables later on in the show. Who leaves cup half full? Who leaves cup half empty? Maybe a little over par, under par. But next, we've got to talk Tiger. Because what a strange week for Tiger Woods. Tons of hope, tons of promise, things looking good. Gets to another weekend in a major, 
And then things kind of unravel from there. What is next for Tiger after a WD on a Saturday evening at the PGA Championship? We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Scully with you on a Monday after a major, which means Golf Talk Canada Radio also broadcasting on TSN2 television. It also means that Adam and I get to be in studio, which I love because I always find the show, the energy, the cadence of the show is just so much better when we get to have like our regular conversation, yeah. Adam. But one of the other bonuses <laughs> is right now, in between commercial breaks, Adam and I are looking up at TSN1. Yep, TSN1. And uh, in the World Hockey Championships... Kazakhstan has just scored on the Azuri team at uh, Italia, and it was a good goal. A Very goal. nice goal. Kazakhstan in the paint there. I don't know. Uh, maybe some goaltender interference as a former goalie, Adam. That was there. Was there interference here? Let's I mean, see. who really knows what goalie interference Whoa. is anymore? That's right? true. With in the NHL, it's a uh, you know. It seems like the referees don't know what it is anymore. But all I know is there's something uh, horribly wrong with the planet when Italy has qualified for the World Cup of Hockey, but not the World Cup of Soccer. I feel like, yeah. If, if we had t- if we had time in the show, that, that this could be a twenty minute rant about about Italy being in the World Hockey Championship, not but not the world, the reigning Euro Cup champs, not in the World Cup of yeah. Soccer, but playing in the World Cup of I love this, my favorite ice hockey. Oh yeah, in the title says World Cup three one Kazakhstan now three wow. one just smoking the Azuri. All right, boys. All right, all right. Tiger Woods. Yeah. What was from the emotional roller coaster of Tiger Woods? There was so much anticipation. So much promise. Uh, what we saw in in pre-round, the, his, his verbally him telling us that his leg was feeling stronger. I don't know what to believe anymore, Adam. And I, you know what? I hate to say this, but because I've been saying I've been saying it now for over a year or so. I, like I, I no longer like. I, I, why bother listening to a, a Tiger Woods presser of any kind anymore? Yeah, I mean, and you know, the hype machine was more through the roof for the PGA than it was for the Masters, and even. He plays those first five holes. He's two under par. I, I texted you. I said his swing looks closer to t- 2019 right now. It looked on plane. It looked fluid. It looked in motion. And then he could tell he just got tired. It's just like you flip the switch. And, and you know, I've never been to Southern Hills, but from what everyone says, the walk is not exactly easy. And we know the walk at Augusta is definitely not easy. So, And Rory had the quote to Joey LaCava saying, you know, Tiger could have come back and played Valspar or the Honda, you know, two of the flattest golf courses on the Players planet. Championship Players Championship would have been cham- ideal. That would have been more ideal, exactly. Yeah. And that's why, like, do we see Tiger at the U.S. Open? Yeah. Yes, we will. <sighs> Yeah, maybe, but yeah, I mean, because he's got. I'll tell you why. This is got. This is like all, no longer even physical, in the sense that he feels like crap. His body is not operating. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not. Yeah, you can put up something in social media, and yeah, you can stand on a driving range when it doesn't matter. 
But four days of grinding on the PGA Tour in, in that environment is just a different animal. He, his body does not work. It is currently still broken. Mm-hmm. Will it get to a place where it's better where you can do this? I don't know. Right. I'm not a doctor. Maybe. Hopefully. With, with the money he has, the team of people, the access to have, his determination, his will, if anybody can do it, it's Tiger Woods. But currently, no. The only thing putting him out there is his will to want to do this, Adam. And, and that will was front and center Friday afternoon after making a very sloppy double bogey on the par 3 11th to move outside the cut line at 5 over par. But what does he do? He starts grinding out. He hits an awful wedge shot into the 12th hole from just over 100 yards, gets up and down for, with a challenging, uh, from a challenging bunker, and then goes 2 under coming in. That's all up here yeah. for Tiger. That's the will to win. And then yeah. what I think happened with Tiger was that a, there was like zero recovery time for him because he was in one of the final groups Friday afternoon going into Saturday Late morning. Early. And then the temperature switched. Yeah. And then it got cold. And Tiger, you could see him warming up too, hitting bunker shots before Saturday's third round, sort of shuffling around even more. I mean, we saw him shuffle around with a pretty pronounced limp late in the round on Friday and Thursday, but Saturday morning, like that was on the driving range. And that's when you're like, oh my gosh. But then what's he do? He finishes what, last four or five holes and one under on Saturday after being nine over or 10 over through 12. And all these things we're talking about are things that you need to deal with in the world of professional golf. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to go to an open championship in July. Well, you know, I've been to Scotland in July and it's been 35 degrees and sunny and I've I've worn shorts and I've been to Scotland in July and needed a snowsuit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just don't know. Uh, that you know, that's what Great Britain, Ireland, Scotland, etc. That's what it's like. So we're going to hit a U.S. Open before that. So unless his body just really improves in the next thirty days, sixty days, etc., unless there is an incline as such, yeah, health from a health standpoint, because we haven't even gotten a golf game yet. We're still talking about health. You want to get a golf game? You want to hear some numbers that are that that are a little concerning? If you're Tiger Woods that have nothing to do with health. Mm-hmm. Also has nothing to do potentially with reps. Because if there's one thing you can do on this path to recovery from day one was putt and chip. Yeah. Correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Approach game, approach around the green. Minus 1.822 on Thursday. Negative 0.452 on Friday. Negative 3.387 on Saturday. On the negative side of strokes gain around the green from start to finish, not even close. Uh, that's around the green. Mm-hmm. Putting, he was on the positive side, yep. which is good. But I'm just saying, if if if... If, you're, if your bunker play, your wedge play, your chipping is also part of the problem at this point. I mean, that's, in my opinion, kind of like Augusta. Remember when we saw out of the gates at Augusta? That's what saved him. Remember yep. the putter? Yep. Putter was operating, but, I mean, tee to green, we're not even close. close. Approach to green, we're kind of not even close. Tee to green, the numbers are seven shots to the field on Saturday, tee to green. Yeah. I mean, I know none of this matters. I know it's miraculous that he's playing golf. That's the win here. We get to see Tiger play golf. Mm-hmm. I just, 
I don't know where to put the expectation levels. Is uh, does this get better? I and just don't know. For a guy, you know, he had forty three percent of his greens in regulation, and yeah, like you said, the putter really carried him. I mean, that Friday afternoon to make the cut, one putting six of his final seven greens, he was all putting for Tiger. And I mean, that's a positive side because his putting did not look great for the most part, aside from the first round right. at the Masters. So I, I am curious where we see Tiger. It did seem like he was in more pain this time around than he was at the Masters. At least. That's what it looked like anyway. So we'll see what kind of recovery he has now with the U.S. Open under a month away uh, in terms of strength, in terms of endurance. Personally, I, I, wouldn't be su- I would not be surprised if he doesn't play in the U.S. Open. I really think he shouldn't play in the U.S. Open and ramp up and get ready for the Open Championship on a flat golf course where you can walk. Uh, you know, it's not the hardest walk in the world. You wish that, I mean, we see John Daly have the, you know, ride around the cart. Tiger would never do that, but y- right. you do wonder if he did, how much better would he be? I, I don't know. I don't know. I got my own theory. I have my own <laughs> thoughts on, on Daly and the cart. Yeah. Like, that just, it just looks so bad. If Tiger it's had just... 21 darts and 12 Diet Cokes, too, like Daly oh, did in the first God. round, that wouldn't. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's just hard to watch, but. You know, here, listen, I'm glad Tiger's back. We all celebrated Tiger at the Masters. We're glad he's back. We're glad he's playing golf. I mean, he's a great, he's the biggest star in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. I get all of it. In retrospect, I wish he didn't play. I wish he waited until he was really ready to go. We all had July circled on the calendar for the 150th celebration of the yeah. Open Championship. But that was kind of the, the, the one the golf world had targeted. Right. And I wonder if he just had waited. You know, until then, or the other side of this conversation is maybe this is it. Maybe it doesn't get better. Yeah. Adam. Maybe this is as strong as he's going to be. I don't know. I really don't. Time will tell. Yeah. And, you can, and even the best doctors in the world can only predict so much about this, how bodies will respond and, and rehab will take. Right? Especially for a guy with a bad leg and his a spine uh, that's fused. There's so much, you know. Uh, there's, his, his body's put together with band-aids, basically, and it's it's wild to see. I mean, good for him to keep trying, but I guess we'll see what happens. We'll next. see. We'll see. Uh, yeah. We are, again, a few weeks away from the U.S. Open. Scheduled to play right now. We will wait and see. We are running a little late. On the other side, we got to get to notables. Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young, uh, Mito Pereira, the 18th hole, the 72nd hole. Wow. We will get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we break down the PGA Championship here on Golf Talk Canada Radio. Radio TV on a Monday after a major. All right, Adam. Lots of contenders. Mm -hmm. Will Zalatoris keeps contending in majors. In fact, he was quoted afterwards as saying he knows he's going to win one of these. This was the way he's at. But he has not won on the PGA Tour. So let's keep that in mind. He was trying to make his first win a major which has been done. It is rare, but it happens. And it happens kind of in outlier events as well, (laughs) in the sense that they get to a venue that maybe is a little different. 
Uh, his putter is what brings him to the dance on the weekend. It leaves him a little on the weekend. But you mentioned to me, inside five feet, when you're watching him roll the rocket, it's you're not a hundred. You're like it, it's it's a, it's a guess, right? Well, what it is is it's he kind of takes it back, like to the inside, like almost pauses and then takes it further back, and then shoves it. And I mean. It's to up me, against the arm. It's up against the arm. He's got the saw the going saw. to. Yeah. I mean, the the stroke looks so. It looks great from 10, 15, 20 feet. It's free flowing. But you like inside five feet. Like those are just mental demons and then some. No. Strokes game putting on Thursday three point five nine seven better than the field to the field two point five eight three better to the top side of the field on Friday. Then on the weekend it hits the negative slide. He never gets on the positive side of strokes game putting again, and the putter really leaves him in the playoff when he needed to make some key putts, mm-hmm. especially on seventeen. Um, really the deciding factor in the tournament. At the end of the day, another great outing for Will Zalatoris. Another great performance in a big event, but still winless on the PGA Tour. Let's hear from Will Zalatoris. I actually thought that tee ball on 18 went in the water. So, uh, you know, the fact I was able to get into a playoff was huge. Um, you know, I fought like crazy all day. You know, I thought, uh, you know, I really thought I need to make a few birdies really kind of 12 through 15 and um, just was barely missing on the edges and um, you know speed got off a little bit I had a lot of putts that were uphill but breaking about a foot and a half and they're just so hard to hit especially out here just because you know they can run away from you Um, but pretty proud of the resolve that I had again proud of the result we have to mention this when we're talking about Zalatoris the the up and down from the car path was an incredible bogey however the longest drop in major championship history I mean that was that was a rain delay that was legitimately 15, 20 minutes. Well, they went. They went the commercial. Yeah, they came, came back, back, and then and he st- dropped it. And it was in like the the crevice of yes. the which it was painful. Yeah, it was painful. And then he got to up watch. and down. So yeah, you, know. well, you got to give him that great up and down. Mm-hmm. The two moments I was screaming at the TV this weekend was I was shocked that that Justin Thomas in the playoff hit driver on eighteen. I was very surprised. Yeah, okay. Really brought that creek into play mm-hmm. when he didn't need to. He needed four to win that golf tournament. Yeah. And he hit driver and got away with it. But but that was not far from finding the creek. And in regulation, Mito Pereira with driver at 18, needing four to win. And again, why are you bringing that creek into play when you don't have to? If you go back to 2007, you watch Tiger Woods coming home at, at Southern Hills winning that golf championship. He, he laid well back mm-hmm. off the tee on 18. He had outside, I think he had outside 200 yards coming up, uphill approach when he won in, in 2007. Mito Pereira with one of the, 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 just the most awkward follow through, hold on for dear life. I mean, what did you think when you saw Driver for Pereira? I was shocked and it was, it was ballsy, really. But you wonder, you know, that follow through, do you think he just felt something in his swing and he was trying to save it? That's exactly what that is. Right? That is, that is moment of it, just at the moment of it, and we're talking like 100,000th of a second. Yeah. Like we're talking like something that you just realized like, that this face is open. Mm-hmm. And I am not. This thing has no chance of squaring up. It's going right, and he he tries to save it last minute, and it's you know it's a futile attempt uh, yeah. last minute. It's hard to watch. It was it was hard to watch for a guy who was, you know, 
not flawless, but you know he struggled. This Sunday, his ball striking really uh, wasn't where it was the first three rounds for sure. But you know he looked really good Friday and Saturday for sure to get where he was, and it would have been a great story for him to go on and win. But I mean, like we've talked about, winning is hard and pressure. You know, and again, never won on the PGA Tour. Let's keep that in mind. Another yeah. player on this leaderboard without the resume, without the pedigree, never right. been in this position before, mm-hmm. and I think that also speaks to his. The, the compounding of mistakes. He, like, he still could have been in a three-man playoff yes. with a solid strike from the, from the fairway, from the drop area. He, you know, a solid strike to the center of the green, two putts. He's in a three-man playoff. Yeah. Instead, he blows it left, left and long, unable, unable to get up and down. and makes double and misses the playoff by a shot. Yeah, it's 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 crushing for Mito Pereira, but you know, for a guy who had 18 consecutive rounds of par or better on the PGA Tour, this this guy this guy will be back, and uh, you know he'll learn how to win. And I, I would think his first victory, maybe sometime this season, early next season, but maybe fall series, maybe fall series, yeah. Mito Pereira goes 68, 64, 69. It's a closing 75. Let's hear from Mito Pereira. It's tough, you know, to finish like that. Really good week. Uh, I didn't play really well today. Just needed to do a, a couple more birdies. So just hit it a little bit better to to win. But um, just happy to how the the wing the week turned out. I mean, on Monday I just wanted to make the cut, and on Sunday I wanted to win. So uh, really hold to that and take the take this to to learn from 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 the future. The other player that really had a chance to win this golf tournament, a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament, you know, Tommy Fleetwood sits there at three under. I never felt like Tommy Fleetwood had a chance to win this golf tournament. Uh, You've got Matthew Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick, who I thought might have been in the mix slightly a a bit as well, three under alongside Chris Kirk. And then Rory McIlroy, which we'll get to because we need to talk Rory. Uh, But Cameron Young was the other player for me that had his hand on this trophy with a real legitimate opportunity to win. Too many mistakes for Cameron Young coming down the stretch. I mean, this guy's got a ton of gifts but couldn't get it done. Tommy Fleetwood, witness protection for most of the year, shows up here, plays well in majors, but was surprised to see him on the leaderboard. But we need to talk Rory here. Yeah. We do. I mean, Rory McIlroy opened this championship with a five under par 65. It's his best opening round in a major since 2014 at Valhalla, where he won the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. We, I think, question for you, does the narrative need to change? And this is what I'm going to say this. We keep saying, or the media keeps saying, if Rory can get out of the gates on Thursday, he can, he's going to start winning majors again. I, I'm going to switch that because I don't necessarily believe that's the case. Because I've been talking about backdoor finishes. 64. <laughs> Master Sunday. Backdoor second place. Correct? Correct. The reason Rory can't get out of the gates typically at majors is because he goes into majors as the favorite. Spotlight on him. Let me give you a prime example. Open Championship, Royal Portrush. Wants it more than maybe any other golf term in the world, with the exception of maybe the Masters. Yep. Once he hit his first tee, tee shot on Thursday, he hits it where? Out, Out of, bounds. of bounds. With an iron, correct? Yep, with right. an iron. Make quad. Makes quad. Okay. And then immediately starts playing golf from a chase position. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's when, when Rory 
I hate to say this, this is like a four-time major champion. This is a FedEx Cup champion. This is a Ryder Cupper. He can't play as the favorite. He can't play with the pressure anymore. He can't play with the accountability anymore. Yes, a lot of the times it's on Thursday because he is one of the favorites. Mm -hmm. This time it wasn't. This time he managed the pressure on Thursday. Got out of the gates okay. Look what happened the minute... Everybody was saying, okay, here we go. It's over. Rory's going to win this thing. Rory could run away with this thing was the narrative after Thursday. And he immediately goes down the toilet. Well, and then you look what happens on Sunday, too. He goes on that birdie barrage on the front nine. He gets close to the top of the leaderboard and then doesn't make anything on the back nine. But I was like you. I was like everyone. We saw Rory get off to that hot start, 565. And you think, if the golf, I mean... I, I do wonder if, if the golf, if the conditions hadn't changed and it was playing that soft and that hot the rest, the rest of the week, I wonder if Rory does go on and win this in runaway fashion. We'll never know. But when Rory started off the way he did, I was thinking back to 2012 U.S. Open wins by eight. 2014 PGA Championship wins by eight. I, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, 2012 PGA wins by eight. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that sort of, is he going to run away with this thing again? And then... He he struggled and he got the good end of the draw too on Friday afternoon. He, he was playing in a dome for the back nine. I was going to say that as well. Something that we didn't touch on with Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas won this golf tournament on the worst side of the draw yeah. possible. If if you went late uh, Thursday, early Friday, mm-hmm. you were you were penalized shots, multiple shots to the rest of this field. Whereas if you went early Thursday, late Friday, yep. which was what Rory got, which is what Tiger got, which is what Jordan Spieth got, mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were already given, what was it, like two, three shots better than the rest of the field. Here, take the worst spot, you three, before you get to Saturday. He still couldn't do anything with the 65, Adam. Which is, and it's puzzling, too, because you know two, only two of the top 12 players in the world heading into the third round uh, were, were a part of the late early so um so justin thomas was one of them obviously and, and he played some great golf but for rory mcelroy that putter really you know in the third round he lost nearly four shots to the field on the greens alone and and that's where he's doing all this work with brad faxon and when his putter's on it's on but when it's off there's a lot of misses sort of like eight eight feet and in where i find any way that he's I think he's under reading putts. Like he's almost a lot of wipes to the right side. I find is his common miss putting. But for Rory, I mean, it's another. Yes, it's another top ten in a major. Doesn't matter. It for him, obviously, he, he declined to speak to the media, or else we would have played some audio from Rory. So clearly, he was pretty ticked off about that. So, well, he's ticked off at answering the questions. Yeah, he's ticked off at constantly being asked. You know, does it eat at him that it's been eight years since he's won a major? Mm-hmm. And, the longer it goes, the harder it gets, and yada, yada. He's ticked off at it, but the only way to shut it up, the only way to stop it, win. is to go out and win. And if, you're, if you are one of the game's elite, as we, we know you are, right. from a talent perspective, yes, but not from a record perspective yeah. right now. And I forget who mentioned it this week, Adam, but someone said that Rory has had the opportunity to be one of the greatest of all time and is is solely becoming one of the best of this generation. Ooh, and and there's, wow. a, there, there's a that's a big difference, right? Yes. Cuz you like who are the greatest of all time? You know, and you know if you work backwards, hmm. okay? If you work backwards, there's Tiger Woods, 
arguably Phil Mickelson, uh, Tom Watson, Jack Nicholas. Well, I'm working backwards here, yep. right? Uh, Arnie. Gary Player. Gary Player, yeah. definitely. You know, Sam Sneed, Ben Hogan. Yeah, we're working our way backwards. I've probably missed a couple in there. Forgive me. Before majors puts you in the best of the of this generation, mm-hmm. not greatest of all time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's there. I don't want to say there's a large bucket of guys with four majors, but there's a lot of guys in that window of yep. three, four, five, six major, uh, five right. major, right? Um, I, I give Phil the bump because of the accumulation of wins along with the six Total. majors and who he won his majors against. Mm-hmm. He did it the against best, Tiger yeah. in Tiger's prime, right? I don't know. Time will tell. We're running late. We got to go. I'm going to pose you a question on the other side okay. about opportunity and identity. And maybe we'll get this out on the Golf Talk Canada Twitter handle because I think this is a really good conversation and a really good debate and a good opportunity for the PGA of America. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino and Skelly as we put a bow on Hour 1. Hour 2, we're going to look at major players that missed the cut because the names that missed the cut <laughs> is a better leaderboard than the, than the players yep. that made it to the weekend. We'll look at opening U.S. Open odds. If it were to start today, who are the favorites of the U.S. Open? Who do we like? Why? Uh, we'll also do winners weird and what. But uh, 20 Weeks Taylor May continues. The only way you can win... Your chance at over 30000 in prizing in 20 Weeks TaylorMade this year is to follow Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram and follow TaylorMade Canada on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram, at TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag a friend each week. You're in the draw. The grand prize, full set, custom, top to bottom, TaylorMade golf equipment, and a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic. Grand prize alone worth over $10,000. 20 weeks TaylorMade. What are we giving away this week, Adam? Okay, well, it's a major week, and you know what that means, Mark? It's a major prize, or in this case, prizes, Ah. because we're giving away a little later today Stealth Plus Driver and a set of TaylorMade P790 irons. Wow. Okay. Wow is right. So later today, we're giving that away. Like you mentioned, follow Golf Talk Canada, TaylorMade Canada, Twitter, Instagram. You will be in the draw to win. There you go. Okay, I tease this. We're going to get this out on uh, Golf Talk Canada Twitter account. Maybe we'll do it in the break. We'll throw it up there. Yeah. Got into a conversation with a good friend of mine on the weekend about the identity of the PGA Championship. Mm -hmm. And he's a golf fan. And a regular golf fan, and, and, a, and a regular golfer. And he was just looking at me honestly. It's a conversation the golf community has had for many years. What's the identity of the PGA Championship? I went into the history a little bit about how, you know, it previously was a match play event mm-hmm. before stroke play event, and how in certain uh, times, in certain eras, occasionally, like Ben Hogan one year had to make a choice between playing the Open Championship and the PGA Championship because of the, uh, the vicinity of them on the calendar and the difficulties in traveling. Uh, this was not back in the days where you just hopped on a jet and went direct every day, etc. Right. 
So we got into it, but but I my take on it was that I gr- agreed with him that unlike the USGA, which is the hardest test in golf, and unlike the Masters, which is built on tradition and 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 the magic of Augusta National, and unlike the Open Championship, which is the one for the globe, the links, the throwback, the Mother Nature Open, the PGA struggles with identity, and I thought. They could have got in a very good lane like what they did last year. Last year, they were at Kiowa Island, modern-day masterpiece. They were at Whistling Straits for the Ryder Cup, modern-day masterpiece. And it's courses that the USGA never touch. Mm-hmm. They never go to these places. And I, I started thinking to myself, next year the PGA Championship is going to Oak Hill. Oak Hill's a wonderful golf course in Rochester. But when the PGA Championship goes to Oak Hill... It's just a kindler, gentler U.S. Open. It's totally. not their identity. It's mm-hmm. like it's a U.S. Open venue with a U.S. Open setup that's just a little kinder. So that's not an identity. That's I agree. Not, right. So it got me going two ways. Why not just stick with the modern classics? Why not just go to the Keo Islands of the world, the Whistling Straits of the world? There's tons of these venues out there. A desert layout potentially for a major. We've never seen different. a desert yeah. layout. You know, we've never seen it. The other lane I started going down was there's the federation of PGA professionals all around the globe. We have three majors on U.S. soil every year and one major in Great Britain every year. Why not? It doesn't have to be every year. It doesn't have to be every every other year. It could be every three years, every five years, whatever. Why not? And this is a conversation we had a couple years ago. Why not make the PGA Championship a global championship? Why not engage the other PGAs? Why not a PGA Championship? Now, forget the TV. I understand TV time zones. But why not Royal Melbourne for a PGA Championship? Why not Valderrama for a PGA Championship? Why not visiting these other parts of the globe that have world-class, epic golf venues that we never really see unless it's a President's Cup or Ryder Cup? And I mean, there are there are five star. Go to the Golf Digest Global Top 100, and you can throw darts around the globe on amazing golf courses and communities that would support a major championship. And I think if if the if the PGA Championship really wanted a stranglehold on a certain identity, man, that would be a big win. That's something that I have never thought of, but I mean. Just to see the top players in the world go play. Like, we saw the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne, how incredible that was. Valderrama's great event on the DP World Tour. That, that, that's something that I'm certainly intrigued by. Well, we're going to throw it out there, at Golf Talk Canada. We're going to toss it out right now. We'll put a Twitter poll up, at Golf Talk Canada, and we'll uh, keep it going for a day or two, but uh, we'll give you some uh, results at the end of the show. On the other side, Hour 2, more GTC coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. CHUM AM Toronto is TSN 1050, an iHeartRadio station and the voice of Toronto sports. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino. It is Weeks. We are in studio with you. TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, TSN 2 Television. Weeksy not with us uh, this week as he is on his way back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He will join Adam and I on Golf Talk Canada Television this week, which will air 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, Adam, massive names to miss the cut. I mean, absolute shock. Some of, some of the heavy favorite favorites, let, let, let's take a look at them right now. Dustin Johnson, what has happened? Uh, it's been his last victory. I want you to think about this. His last professional win is the 2020 Pumpkin Spice Masters. <laughs> if I'd have told you when we left Augusta in November of 2020 that Dustin Johnson, almost two years later, would, would be without victory, not only without victory, not really sniffing a victory. Yeah. Like, not in contention. You would have told me I would be absolutely crazy. What has happened? Well, especially given the run he was on late in the summer of 2020 when he won the FedEx Cup, when he was unbelievable throughout that, you know, goes on to win the Masters, like you mentioned, in record-setting fashion. Yes, I know it was a different golf course back then. It was softer. But it's been bizarre, really. It seems like he's struggling with all facets of his game. He re- really struggled off the tee last year. And it's it, at least he was saying outwardly at the start of last week at the PGA that he had found a driver that was working for him. He had some different clubs in the bag. He was carrying a nine wood. Mm-hmm. I can't remember wow. the last professional golfer to have a nine wood in the bag. Like it, it was pretty funny on the broadcast. He hit it into a par three. And JT, you could tell, was, was laughing. You saw right. like, you're hitting that? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, did you steal that out of my grandfather's golf bag? Exactly. Right. But, but for DJ, I mean, like, like Mama Skulls carries a nine wood. Right. And right. So, and she loved it, obviously. Right. But, I mean, for DJ, like, this has just been bizarre. And, and he was one of my edge picks this week. And it was more of just a hunch. He had played well-ish in the big events, you know, the WGC match play, lost to Corey Connors in in the in the consolation match to finish fourth. Um, played well at the Masters, finishing twelfth. Players Championship, a, a Monday sixty-three. I just thought, you know, he's going to get in the mix. And then, yes, he was on the wrong side of the draw, so maybe you want to put that into play a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he just overall. It, the putt, he was he's sort of sauntering along. He was missing a lot of putts short and to the right. It seemed like he was, he was having a lot of issues on the greens. And I'm curious what we get from TJ here going forward. I really am. It's going to be really interesting because with some of these names, with some of these names, I'm calling it a one-off in the sense, let's be honest, this was quirky from beginning. This entire totally. golf course, the setup, this, the, the way this golf course played, the weather. This is more uh, like an open championship where we're watching this. which side of the draw you're going to be on. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Oklahoma this time of year with the winds and yada, yada, yada. So for some of these players, I'm thinking it's a one-off. For DJ... This is uh, a consistent string now of of poor play, and you know not being informed, not being himself. So the other side of this coin, Scully, would be Scotty Scheffler. That's the guy I'm going yeah. with the one off. I mean, I'm not reading anything into this at all. It was a bad week for Scotty Scheffler, who just couldn't get in a rhythm, couldn't get you know comfortable 
on the golf course. Looked like he was, you know, on a good trajectory coming in, obviously, knocking the rust off of the Byron Nelson. He's still the number one player in the world. I don't expect him to have any hangover from this. In fact, he's in the field of Colonial this week. It wouldn't surprise me if he went out Colonial and won this week. Are you worried at all about a 71-75? Because I'm not at all. Not worried about the, uh, about that. It was uh, maybe puzzling, to say the least, to see the some of the reactions he had. We saw him slam a couple of clubs into bags, and there was one on Thursday late in the round where he missed a 4-5 or five footer on the 17th hole. And you could hear him say, "That's impossible! How does that move that way?" And you know, at the Masters, he just wasn't doing that. Yeah. So you he wonder, was visibly frustrated. He was visibly frustrated, and you know, he had, he did have a chance if he birdied his last hole on uh, on Friday to make the cut. Obviously, he didn't make bogey actually. And for Scotty, yeah, it was shocking for sure to see a world number one miss the cut. It hasn't happened in a major in quite some time, but. I mean, like you mentioned, this is a guy who's been so solid all and year. Sooner or later, you're going to have a bad week. Exactly. You, you know, these guys aren't robots, so sooner right. or later, you're going to have a, you know, a bad week. And like you mentioned, uh, he's playing this week, and it wouldn't be surprising to see him back in the mix again. The most shocking performance of the week for me, hands down, is Patrick Cantley. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the favorites. He was on everybody's list, including mine, including Bob's. Yep. This is a FedEx Cup, reigning FedEx Cup champion, a, a Ryder Cup rock star, a multiple winner on the PGA Tour, the natural progression. This is the guy you expect to see trying to close out this tournament alongside with Justin Thomas. With all due respect to Will Zalatoris and Mito Pereira and Cameron Young, it was the Patrick Cantleys of the world that were supposed to be competing yep. on Sunday, trying to close this out. Patrick Cantley goes 76-75. Not even close. Not even sniffing it. For me, hands down, the most shocking performance of the week is Patrick Cantley. Adam, do you agree, or is there someone else that, that, was, that caught your eye more that you went, wow, I was expecting a lot more than this? I mean, obviously, it was shocking to see Scheffler miss the cut, but for Patrick Cantley, I was very surprised. But this is a guy, he only has two career top tens in major championships. Taking a look at his last results in majors. Missed the cut this past week. T-39 at the Masters, missed the cut last year's Open, T-15 at last year's U.S. Open, T-23 last year's PGA, missed the cut in 2021. The last time he made the cut, I'm sorry, last time he had a top 10 at a major championship was a a tie for third, the 2019 PGA Championship. He had a piece of the lead in 2019 at the Masters when Tiger won, but with two career uh, top 10s at a major championship for Patrick Cantlay, it's it's shocking for a guy who's so good and you know he got on that run last year to win the FedEx Cup and he had a very hot putter last year too. This is um mind-boggling really to see a guy a guy play that poorly. Okay, so my question to you then Adam, why? What like why? He handled the pressure of the Ryder Cup? Yep. Correct? Yep. He was rock star at the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Handled the pressure of the Tour Championship. Eastlake is a major championship quality venue. It's an examination of T to Green. You don't fake it around Eastlake. Mm-hmm. One in the playoffs in uh, against Bryson in, in, that, in, shootout, in yeah. that shootout. I, I do, he, would we agree that there's really no flaws in his game? I'm looking right now at his performance numbers. Okay, I mean he is on the positive side of strokes gained in every category mm-hmm. that you could possibly chart, and. 
22nd this season in strokes gained total, to my point. So you're not going to be around the top 20 if you're not checking the boxes in almost every category. Are there areas that he could pr- improve statistically? Of course. He was doing a lot of these things better last year than he's doing yes. this year. But he has four top 10s in a win this year. Sorry, four top fives in a win this year. And two losses in a playoff. Two losses too. in a playoff. So, so. What, 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 this, is, this is clearly... At the moment, a, men, a mental hurdle, hurdle in majors, it has to be. You know, he, he was asked prior to the week in his press conference about his outlook going into majors, and he, and he was basically, you know, it was very even keel, like he always is saying, I'm trying to treat this like other tournament weeks. Maybe does he have to try changing something like that? You know, Rory has tried about 19 different strategies going into the Masters right. in terms of playing the week before, not playing the week before, coming in early, not coming in early. So you wonder if Cantlay has to change something up because... Like from the outset, you know, he both, like you mentioned, both you and Bob picked him on the TSN Edge last week, and why wouldn't you? Because he's one of the best players in the PGA Tour all year. This is a he's a, he's a great pick. He was around plus nineteen hundred to to win outright, and, and um, you the, figure the lid's gonna come yeah. Off and, but you point. think like his odds to miss the cut would have been like there would have been a lot of value there because there's no chance he would have missed the cut. And well, golf's a weird sport. It is a weird sport. Okay, before we uh, end our conversation on notables, Team Canada. Yeah, what happened, Adam? We had so I was much so hope. high on Corey Connors this week. Oh, I, well, we were. High, I, I made an argument last week on T, on Golf Talk Canada Television that you you could make an argument, a logical argument, not a Homer argument, a logical argument on why all three Canadians are going to have a chance to win this golf tournament. Mm-hmm. We said there is a ton of similarities between Augusta National and, and, and Southern Hills. Undulation changes, ball striking, uh, shave down areas around the green, yada, yada, yada. Corey Connors has done so well at Augusta. Uh, we talked about the importance on strokes gained uh, around the greens. Well, Mackenzie Hughes was open about this pre-tournament. Mackenzie spoke to Bob. And said he likes the importance that this golf course places around the greens mm. in scrambling. Because with 30-mile-per-hour winds and the length of this golf course, players are going to be missing greens. And if players are going to be missing greens, I like my chances. He was open about that. Mm. Adam Hadwin is a wave of momentum coming. What happened? Well, you think, too, so Corey Connors, he struggled. Strokes in approach in the first round was like second last in the field in strokes gain approach, which for one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour, that's mind-boggling in itself, and he just clearly didn't have his A game. Mackenzie Hughes, it was the same thing, and I, I was also high on Mackenzie Hughes, given that he plays tough venues very well. He plays cut, tough conditions very well. You think last year's U.S. Open final group comes Sunday afternoon, the 2020 summer, he had a number of great finishes at some tough courses and tough venues where, you know, four, five, six under par was winning the championship. Adam Hadwin, too, three top tens in his last six starts heading into this tournament. And his best strokes gained stat for the week was around the green at 25th. And he struggled tee to green. Uh, Bob spoke to him after his final round, and he said, yeah, off, off the tee, he couldn't find fairways. And when he can't find fairways on a course like Southern Hills, he was 76th in strokes gained off the tee. He only made seven birdies for the week. That's just not going to cut it for Team Canada. And there's so much promise going into the week, and now perhaps there's so much question here going yeah, forward. especially questions going forward as we head into two more majors in the season in the playoffs. We should say that Adam Hadwin did make the cut, yep. which is one step better than uh, what Corey and McKenzie did this week, but uh, not the performance we were looking not for. Not at all. All right, so the next major is the U.S. Open. Of course, we've got a great string of golf. Uh, Colo- it's a really good string of golf. Uh, no, yeah. This week's... Uh, uh, 
a little bit lost in the shuffle. And when we move the, the schedule around, things like this happen. But Colonial's an amazing venue. Yeah. Hogan's Alley. It's got a long tradition in Fort Worth, Texas on the PGA Tour. Jordan Spieth, a winner and a few runner-ups there over yep. the years. Uh, I mean, the field looks great. Morikawa's in the field. Another player Justin like Thomas in the field. Justin too. Thomas in the field. Scotty Scheffler back in the field. So the field looks good. The players love the venue. Mm-hmm. From there to Memorial, I mean, oh, one step down from a major, you find Jack's place. Yep. Then we're going to go to the RBC Canadian Open, which each week the field looks better than the week before. Absolutely. I mean, we're headed for likely what could be one of the best Canadian Opens in the history. Mm-hmm. of our championship, and then to the U.S. Open. So we're into a very hot string of golf. Now, sooner or later, you got to take a week off. Totally. And I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that a lot of the players we mentioned are not taking this week off after the PGA. Yeah. I'm surprised. But that's because they love Colonial. But does that mean the Memorial Field is going to suffer from this? I mean, you would... I don't think so. I mean, given the Memorial, given Jack, I, I don't... I don't know. So like, then is what Scotty do do? Scheffler playing five straight weeks, I guess? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Because he's also in the field of the RBC Canadian Open. Yeah. So does Scotty Scheffler going to go Byron Nelson? Right, too. So Byron Nelson, PGA, PGA, Colonial, Memorial, RBC, US, US Open. Open. Six weeks in a row. Is that what we're doing here? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if there is some last-minute WDs in... This week. This week. Yeah. This week. And if not this week, next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. On the other side, though, we'll take a look at the opening odds today. If the U.S. Open were to start right now, who are the favorites? Who do we like? Who's over par, under par on this favorite list as we head into the year's third major? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. You got Zucchino, you got Scully. All right, let's. We're gonna switch gears a little bit here and talk a little U.S. Open because it is coming up in the in as the year's next major. Reese Jones used to be referred to as the U.S. Open doctor because in the '90s, typically, and even in the early 2000s, you'd call in Reese Jones to give the facelift to your venue when you're getting ready to host the USGA event. Uh, Phil Mickelson used to just you know, rip these redesigns in his conferences, very open. He was not liked amongst many of the players because Reese Jones would just come in and basically make it as hard as possible. This was through that U.S. Open era where, I mean, plus four, plus five, you know, could win a U.S. Open, etc. Make a course impossible. Mm-hmm. Now you should probably get used to Gil Hans, the restoration doctor, is going to probably be the new nickname. Because we just went through a Gil Hans restoration project at Southern Hills. Debate is still out on that one. I don't know if it's Gil Hans' work or just Southern Hills, its nature as a golf course. I was never a fan of the original. Not that big of a fan of the (laughs) restored one. We'll park that there. But now we're at the Country Club in Brooklawn, Massachusetts, where the... Ryder Cup, the miracle at Brooklawn took That's place right. in '99. Justin ben, Leonard, Justin Leonard, Ben Crenshaw. I got a good feeling about I tomorrow. Feeling. Yeah. 
And Gil Hans with the redesign. Again, this is going to be a theme the next half a dozen years or so when we hit some major venues. Mm -hmm. Here it is again. Uh, So the debate debate will start again. Uh, We have not seen this golf course in over 20 years. So we really don't know how this golf course stands up to the modern-day player. We don't. At all. No, because yeah. in 1999, there was no five-piece golf ball, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? There was no twist face. Uh, there was no limit in COR, and the driver uh, faces had not reached their pinnacle of heat yet. I mean, we had yet to get the distance gains, the athletes that we have. The only athlete, you know, I guess Tiger Woods, but I mean, the modern-day golf athlete that is, you know, Bryson, et cetera, not on tour. So we don't know how the old venue holds up. So we don't know what the restoration really... We're going to learn a lot, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Here's how the odds, as of right now. Mm-hmm. John Rahm, your favorite. And this is on FanDuel Sportsbook. John Rahm, 10-1. to 1. McElroy, Morikawa, and Scheffler, 12-1. to 1. One off, you know, Just off the pace of John Rahm. Followed by Dustin Johnson... <laughs> Brooks Kepka and Victor Hovland at 16 to 1. Justin Thomas is alongside Bryson DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau and Cameron Smith at 18 to 1. How was JT that far down? What what so what makes sense here? Cuz a lot of this doesn't make sense. I understand the John Rahm at 10 to 1. Yep. I don't necessarily agree that he is the outright favorite. Totally. He had a rough week. He's not had the greatest of years. But T to Green, he still might be the best player in the world. Statistically, you can make that argument, T to Green. He is the defending U.S. Open champion. Uh, Morikawa, we're waiting for him to get going. McElroy, we've had the conversation. Where this goes completely sideways for me is Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka at 16 to 1. Is that, that's, that's, as we used to say back in Tom Brady Patriots days, that's Patriots money. That's public mm. money moving the line, changing the number. That people recognizing DJ's name. This is the this is the not the golf insider. This is the public bash brother money thinking this is 2015. This is so bizarre. I mean, a for DJ given the form he was or is in, and for Kepka who was 35 or 40 to one going into the PGA championship, a tournament. He's also won two times. And I I know he's won the U S open two times, but this is a guy who's really shown no form throughout the year. I'm so, I'm kind of surprised John Rahm is still the favorite. I mean, based on what? uh, Based on what? He won last year and win in Mexico. And he he was nowhere near the top of the leaderboard this past week or at the Masters, so his major performances haven't been great after a pretty darn good start to the year statistically for Rahm. I agree with with Morikawa being up there. Time out. One sec. So let's push JT aside for a sec. He just won the uh, PGA Championship. So obviously we're all hot and high on Justin Thomas right now, right? Big picture outlook. Top, Top looking down. Is there any reason why Scotty Scheffler shouldn't be the favorite of the U.S. Open? I, I agree. Totally. I, I think it should be Scheffler. I think I think Rom should be up there. Given Justin Thomas just won a major, I think he should, probably should be third or fourth mm-hmm. on that list. 
But yeah, to have to have Kep, um, to have Kepka and DJ the way they are is bizarre. Cameron Smith is sort of up there, and, and he's, he's had a good. Why year. would Cameron Smith be eighteen to one, and you're getting more on Cameron Smith than you're getting on Dustin yeah. Johnson and Brooks Kepka? That makes no sense to me. I mean, a guy like that we spoke about on our on our special Wednesday preview edition of GTC Radio that we all didn't have on our edge teams that we were surprised looking back at was Xander Shoffley. What, right now, 20 to 1. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, Mark, that he is going to be on my TSN Edge team come U.S. Open. Okay, so I was going to ask you, that's where I was going with this next. Because right now, I don't even know if I can answer this question. Mm-hmm. But if it was the U.S. Open week, we'd have to do this on Wednesday. Yep. We'd have no choice. Mm-hmm. So if Wednesday was coming up and it was U.S. Open week, give me your three guys in the U.S. Open. And you could, if you want to have a value play, you can't, but you okay. don't have to. Okay, so I've got the odds here on my phone. So I. Xander will definitely be on my team. He's twenty to one. He's still yeah. I got him here twenty to one. Perfect. As well. I, Rory, I'm I'm high on. Ro- <laughs> no, I like Morikawa. I think over Rory. That was a bit of a change on the air there. So is Morikawa? Is this? Hey, this guy's just due to come out of this exactly. Time. This is like you know he's had a good year. Um, you know the, the runner-up at Genesis. He's, he's had a good year overall, but you know hasn't got it done. Sort of a la JT going into this week. Shane Lowry again has you know had a solid week, made the cut, didn't have the best weekend. I'm high on him. Uh, Cameron Young also a great week. Like Daniel Berger made the cut. He's around fifty to one right now. You know he had you have a hard time making three it, picks it, right now. Yeah, right now, like going into last week, you know it seemed like a lot of the favorites were playing a lot of great golf, and now after last week, we're sort of like I don't know. Like Cameron Smith might be a pick there too. Okay, so so I'm going to give you three picks. And I'm going to go on based on nothing happening in the last 14 days or so. Uh, I have nothing to go on based on what we just experienced at the PGA Championship. Right. There, there's nothing that happened at the PGA Championship that would sway the way I feel about this year mm-hmm. so far. So if, if the way I feel about this year so far, then your three picks have to be Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, and one more. Mm-hmm. Because... The way the year has transpired, it's been Scotty Scheffler, Cameron Smith, and one more. Now, who the one more is... Probably Justin Thomas now, Probably honestly. right now would yeah. have to be Justin Thomas, based on what just occurred. But the seven top tens before this week, too, right? right? I mean, he's been in the mix the entire time, right? Again, though, a lot can happen between now mm-hmm. and the U.S. Open. And I, and I would expect that you would see... Cam- I, I'm going to say it right now. I think Cameron Smith... And Scotty Scheffler between now and the U.S. Open will contend for another win. They might even get one, and I definitely think they will contend for another victory. They're both in the field of the RBC Canadian Open. Yeah, which is great. Okay, so they're both at our national championship. They're both playing a lot of golf between now and the U.S. Open, especially Scheffler. It would not shock me at all if both of them were right back in the mix mm-hmm. and right back in the heater category by the time we get to the U.S. Open. T- totally. I mean, they've been two of the best players in the world throughout the year. And, I mean, looking at some more value, like you know, guys who have won multiple times this year, like a Sam Burns who made the cut, had a good week. Max Homa, who Bob had in his team, finished yep. even par. Had Multiple a winner. Week. Multiple winner. So it's going to be intriguing with three, four and weeks away. And possibly now. Hideki getting healthy. That's who right. Who was a multiple winner. That's right. Would have been on the top and near everybody's list heading to Augusta. Yep. But you couldn't. You couldn't because of the injuries. And he made the cut last week too. So. So 
Don't let's not forget him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. lots lots to see and keep our eye on in the next three to four weeks before we get there. And of course, the big one for us being the Canadian Open before the U.S. Open. Yep. Going to be fun to check out. Okay, on the other side, winners, weird and what? Three dub. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Just a quick update here on Golf Talk Canada. Kazakhstan smoking the Azuri 5-2 in the World Ice Hockey Championship. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Because I know our audience uh, probably wanted the Kazakhstan-Italy hockey update. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't? I've been glued in commercial breaks. Yes. Italy made a goalie change. Yes, I saw Fazio. Fazio rumored to be part of uh, have the, the Leafs have their eye on Fazio's. I mean, they re-signed Mark Giordano to a two-year <laughs> extension yesterday. Who knows? He took the Spezza deal. I love it. How about it's that a good deal? deal? He took the Spezza. 800K. Good stuff. Wow. Love that. Love wow. that. All right. Um, just to give a quick update here before we go to winners weird and what uh, we put our Twitter poll question up at Golf Talk Canada. Hit us up on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. We asked you, would you like to see the PGA Championship engage the other PGAs of the world? PGA Canada, PGA Australia, etc. And occasionally move the PGA Championship globally, international. Let's see Royal Melbourne. Let's see Valderrama. Let's see Royal Montreal. What about a PGA Championship on Canadian soil? The PGA of Canada is one of the strongest PGAs anywhere in the world. Why not? Currently, 58% of our Twitter audience is saying yes, they'd like to see it. Where the other, not so much. Right. I thought it would be a little bit more. I thought we'd see closer to 70%. We're going to leave this up for 24 hours next Monday on Golf Talk Canada Radio. We'll take a look at the final results. We'll like bring that. Bob in, and uh, we'll discuss uh, We'll discuss it further and see what you'd like mm-hmm. to see. Okay, let's do it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winners, weird, and what three dub. Adam, the T is yours. 348. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, before I get to my three, let, let me say, the 348 total, that's a reference from our, our Carlsbad trip, hitting yes. the south for the first time. And we're actually going to show those videos of us trying and going from last year's model to this year's model and the comparisons we had. We haven't done those on TV. Oh, yet. we so haven't. Okay, great. So at some point over the next couple of weeks, we'll be, we'll be playing those out. Good stuff. Anyway, this past weekend, temperatures were hot. The wind was mm-hmm. blowing. Yes, it was. We were we were pushing three forty eight. We were pushing three fifty, three sixty. Just going at, that's stealth plus, shoes? baby. Just going hard at it. No. How's the game? Is it good? It's. I I just don't practice enough. Well, I I got. That, so, neither does anyone. I know. I know. No, I, I, I'm uh, listen. If anybody's uh, anybody listening this morning, uh, Z Man needs an outdoor range to to be able to go and practice at. Yeah, I don't want to take up yeah, I don't want to take up your T-sheet. Yeah. But I am begging for outdoor practice time. We love our grind sessions on the range today. Very much. Oh, and yeah. you know, I I I'm a member at the Toronto Hunt as you know, and we put in these beautiful uh simulators. Yes. With the Foresight Hawk hitting bays and da 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 they're all down. Oh. They're all down. And it's oh. not our guys. Our guys are working their butts off to get these things back up and going. They can't get these things serviced. Right. It's not them. Right. You know, so I go down. A, and, and, I, and you know what? Listen, practicing inside is great. 
as an alternative. Totally. There's nothing like getting outside on a proper range with good golf balls, a maintained tee deck, and seeing ball flight. Absolutely. And I am struggling to hit the fade right now, and it is killing me. I am making a ton of birdies at them. A ton of birdies and throwing away good scores because I can't hit the fade. Mm. So my mistakes are are exaggerated yeah. with the left to right. And I'm off to play golf. In fact, on the, uh, the next segment, I'll tell you where Absolutely. I'm off to play. And I'm like, if I don't, if I can't hit the fade this afternoon with the way the rough is going to be, mm. I'm gonna shoot a thousand. Anyway, T is yours. Okay, so <laughs> uh, yes, uh, my winner this week is Albin Choi. Because Albin Choi has been granted an exemption to play in the RBC Canadian Open That's next awesome. month. It'll be hard to believe his sixth appearance at the RBC Canadian really? Open. He made the cut in his first time, played a Charles Schwartzel on the weekend, on the Saturday round. And uh, for those who listen to our show, know our show well, know my connection with Albin. I went to high school with Albin. I was actually standing beside Albin when he got the phone call and committed to NC State. I was standing right beside him. And uh, he, he has obviously been through a lot earlier in, in life and a lot of personal challenges and you know went on to caddy for Sung J.M. when he won the 2020 Honda Classic. And now he's back playing. He has a top 10 this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's made four straight cuts. So kudos to the RBC Canadian Open. Kudos to Albin playing in the RBC Canadian Open this year. And who knows, maybe we'll have him on the show before that as well. And to Bob's point last week, we are heading to the Canadian Open with the strongest group of Canadians maybe ever. With all due respect to Mike Weir and Stephen Ames, who were amazing. You know, Mike Weir, the mm-hmm. greatest men's player in the history of this country. You know, it, it, we had two or three in the field. Right. Bob and I, we're going to have 13, 14, 15 strong Canadians in the field of St. George. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Cockrell play yeah. too after the, the year Never said, Yeah. So there's a lot of those stories. Maybe I'll get to follow some of them for radio. I'd like that. That'd I don't be know. Cool. That'd, That'd be, be cool. cool. Okay. My weird this week, Matt Fitzpatrick. So a couple of things, a couple of different ways I'm going to go with this. First of all, the cross-handed chipping. Oh, my Lord. Oh. I know well, he chipped was, in. He did. Yes. It was like, okay, so I'm... I'm kind of curious. Do you remember VJ going to that years oh, ago? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember the big break, the the snapshot? Yes, uh, James Lapp. James Lapp, and, James and Lapp. then they banned that. Yes, which was uh, strange. But uh, anyway, so Matt, <laughs> so that was one for Matt Fitzpatrick. And secondly, I saw this on Twitter. Matt Fitzpatrick, you, you might notice him writing notes after every shot. He has apparently charted every single golf shot he has hit since he was 15 years old. And so, like you think for you know. For a tour pro, that's interesting. But imagine the weekend hacker, first hole, OB right, <laughs> breakfast ball, retee, OB left. Just imagine. Still yeah. hung over. <laughs> yeah. Can't get over that. I got the shakes right now. But that's wild. I know. It's, it's, even for a tour pro, every shot since 15, it's psychotic. It's yeah. Dexter. I'm scared yeah. of Matt Fitzpatrick. It scares me. Okay. That's. All right? <laughs> I was going there, but okay, yeah, that's uh, he's something different. Right, that's for you sure. got like to find something else to do, young man. Yeah, something right. something very very different. Yeah. Okay, and my what this week? Garrett Rank. What an interesting story this is. So NHL referee. This is a guy who's also a very good golfer. He's been on this show. He's played in a couple of U.S. Opens as well and the RBC Canadian Opens. And he was at a U.S. Open qualifier uh, this past Monday, trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. But he got the call that uh, he's on standby to be refereeing the Colorado Avalanche St. Louis Blue Series in the second round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So what did he do? After five holes, he packed up shop, took the flight, 
and he left. And so it was interesting. I was listening to or watching Overdrive, and they were having the discussion of whether he should have taken the call, whether you keep trying to play for the U.S. Open and say, oh, I didn't get the phone call, sorry, but it's your full-time job being an NHL referee. That's right. And yeah. these guys want to all eventually referee the final. Exactly. Right? That's that's the goal. That's the goal. So you gotta keep your you know, you gotta keep your hat in the ring. Yep. You can't say, Oh, I'm skipping the second round, but Absolutely. I'd like to I'd like the call for the final. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I get it. I and get it. you know, Garrett Rank played in the two thousand eighteen US Open. Uh interesting story, but good for him for, for following uh his uh, his everyday. And now we know that if Hayes and the O Dog are being called by like you know, <laughs> By Jeff or something yeah. for something last minute, and they don't answer the phone. We know they're golfing. And apparently, apparently, O Dog shot sixty five. I think what? last week. Now, now there was some controversy around a drop or something. Okay, maybe, maybe we'll all talk to the, the Overdrive guys. Where was this? At Weston. Oh, his home course. He was saying that he hit a ball. I think it's the sixth hole. It's a short par four down a hill. Yeah, and apparently uh, there was a lawnmower that ran over his ball and broke it into pieces, and then he took a drop, right, and then hit it into the bunker and made bogey from there. But he just took a par instead. I, there's some sort of controversy around that that Hayes and Noodles and O Dog. I'm debating. very confused. We'll have to get our research team on. We might have to have O Dog and maybe, maybe Hayes on have a round table. Round t- yes. What, what's going on? They're always at it about something. Well, and, and, and yeah, they're always. <laughs> yeah, I know Hayes had a really good round this year where he was two over par at, wow. at Coppinwood on the 18th hole and made like a nine or something so yeah. <laughs> never yeah n- there's always a lot of stuff going on with the overdrive guys in any case mark now the t is yours my friend i'll answer the question you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth well my winner adam is ups yes that's right the company oh, ups okay, okay. <laughs> Because they delivered my pack. No, it has nothing to do with a personal delivery of any kind. It has to do with the fact that before waiting for any formal announcements, before waiting on uh, public reaction, social media reaction, or anything like that, UPS has decided that they do not want any corporate ties to the Live Golf Series. And the UPS is going to put their money where their mouth is. And they have removed their shield and long-term endorsements from Louis Oosthuizen and Lee Westwood, who have worn that UPS shield for decades now on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, and have broken ties uh, based on what they believe is now inevitable, that Lee Westwood and Louis Oosthuizen will be pegging it up at the first event in London on the Live Series. UPS saying, boys, you took the blood money. Sayonara. We're walking away. Isn't that, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting world we're living in right now, and there's so much... For me, there's so much intrigue now about what this live thing is going to look like. It's going to be on YouTube, I, I guess. Well, because they don't have a broadcast. No one wants to broadcast it. So, right. I mean, who's gonna? Is it gonna be Phil and and Louis and Sergio and and Jason Kokrak and uh, who knows? It's it's still it's just. I mean, good for UPS for for taking the stand uh, against this, but it's still. Bizarre. More questions than ever. Way more questions. And I think that's going to be the summer of, of yeah. live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my weird this week, everything Bryson does is bizarre. Oh, yeah. So we were all on Bryson Watch this week at the PGA Championship, right? Uh, and my weird this week on Golf Talk, last week on Golf Talk Canada Intelligence was that Bryson was playing. I, and, and, and to all accounts, he was getting ready to peg it up Thursday morning, and it wasn't until the 11th hour on Wednesday night that he withdrew. And the reason he was my weird last week on TV was simply because 
I'm like, are we not coming back from it? Like, has this guy not learned his lesson? Yeah. He never gives his body time to heal. He played against doctor's orders at the Masters. Now he's coming back just weeks later. He's had to wear a special bandage on his hand yeah. to be able to hit a golf ball. He's swinging at ball speeds 192 miles an hour just weeks after hand surgery. I'm like, the guy doesn't learn his lesson. What's he doing playing? Then he WDs the night before. I'm not healthy enough. I can't do this. Okay. What's he doing this week? He's playing. Playing at Colonial. Now, I know it's a home game. But regardless whether he sleeps in his bed or not, doesn't affect the health or rehabilitation of his hand. Adam, has he lost his mind? What's he doing? Well, I mean, Bryson's done some strange things in his career, and this is right up there. I mean, and he's been very public about posting like pictures of his hand where there's a scar right here. And he was saying, he posted one on Instagram on Saturday saying, oh, swelling, go away, and his hand's like puffed out to here. It's like, Bryson, just take time off, man. We want to see, like, the game's a better place when you're succeeding in it, when you're trying new things, when you're trying to, as you say, grow the game. Just take two months off here. Relax, let it heal. He's a young guy. Yeah. He said, This is not Tiger Woods trying to hold on to those last few windows of majors. Right. This is a guy who's got 10, 15 years ahead of him if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's the big one. If he stays healthy and with his workout regimen yep. and the way he comes back from injury, I don't know if it's possible to stay healthy the way he treats himself. I don't think it. I mean, it, it was bound to happen that injuries are going to occur after. Putting, you know, gaining 50 pounds of muscle and, and having seven protein shakes a day like he was doing. You know, your, your, first, your first two editions of 3-Dub here have been bizarre and for totally different reasons. Right. Complete. Yeah. All right. And my what this week, and I think we might just keep Greg Norman. Like, he might just own this category for the remainder of 2022. Because yeah. he was in, he was my what last week, and I went really hard on him for his comments well-deserved. and well-deserved for his comments about the murder of journalists and the treatment of the uh, 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 of the gay community in Saudi Arabia and just human rights in general some really obnoxious language out of Greg Norman when asked to comment on these things now there's this week here he is again Greg Norman in another interview suggested that he that the live golf series is all about Growing the game of golf. And growing the game of golf doesn't mean just growing the men's game of golf. It means growing the golf all over the world, including the women's game. And that the public investment fund from Saudi Arabia that backs all these things offered to make a large donation, millions and millions of dollars, to the ladies' European tour as well as the LPGA tour. Millions of dollars to help them grow their tour Mm -hmm. and grow the female game of golf. This is what he was quoted as saying publicly. Well, in response to that, the LPGA tour has openly now come back and said, we basically have no idea what he was talking about. There was no offer made or no negotiations over support of our tours in any capacity. Who's lying here? What's going on? I'm sorry, but based on Greg Norman's credibility in the last several months, years, etc., I got to think that Norman's lying blunt to everyone in the face. I agree, And, and there's just so much going on with him from when he's trying to qualify or get an exemption into the, into the Open Championship. Begging for an invitation. It's like, why? I, like, what have you done Hasn't lately? hit a competitive shot in like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, everything with him is just so weird. And, and you know, he, he'll be a part of 3-Dub for the rest of the summer. It's, um, it's gross. Yeah. It's just absolutely gross. And, of course, uh, we're three weeks away from their first event. Oh, What's yeah. it going to look like? Who shows up? Get your popcorn ready for that. Snooze. Uh, Unbelievable. All right. On the other side, we will put a bow on today's show. Get you caught up on 20 Weeks Tailor Made. Our schedule, which is 
crazy. Uh, and we'll maybe take another look up at our Twitter poll on uh, PGA Championship. Would you like to see it move around to other federations around the globe, including PGA of Canada? Very cool. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. I love my two, uh, two or 360 22. I think I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a black pair and a white pair. Perfect. You know, now that we're past the May long weekend, we could go all, to the all white if we if we feel inclined. Oh, yeah. Right? Is that the rule? It used to be. It's not anymore. Okay. It's, you know, but it used to be you couldn't wear white until after Labor, after a May long weekend. And then, and then after Labor, Labor Day, Day you got to right. put it away. I, I, it doesn't exist, especially for rock stars like you and I. Like, come on. We well, I mean, I mentioned this before. I mean, this Adidas cardigan, this is yes. one of the f- favorite pieces I've ever seen for golf, period. You love it. I, I know. Love it. I, I know. Love it. I just ordered too. one. You did before the show. So. That's right. Uh, you've got some insight on the O-Dog uh, scandal of 65. Okay, yeah. So Joe from the bridge is on controls here on the TV side of things. Says that O-Dog actually shanked it. Shank? Shank. Like Justin Thomas cold hosel rocket shank. Right. Was and flustered. Was flustered, and the, but took par because of the be, being flustered with the lawnmower breaking his golf ball into a million pieces. So I have to agree with Brian Hayes that this is not an official 65 of any kind. We don't know what this is. Yeah. We don't know I what mean, this score is. Sorry, Odog. I don't know, yeah. We do not know what this score is. I think we'll just have to deal with this with the Golf Talk Canada Overdrive Golf Day. You would have to take uh, whatever his equitable stroke control is on that hole. Which might be... Which might be par. It might be par. And then feed that to the computer for handicap purposes. Uh, However, however, in the real universe, outside of that computer, we don't know what this score is. That's right. Wow. We'll have to leave it at that. Yes. Unfortunate. Drama. Unfortunate. Okay. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, uh, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com to check out the latest from Bushnell. Justin Thomas gets it done. Five under par in a playoff over Will Zalatoris, also at five under par. Cameron Young, one off the pace. And, of course, Mito Pereira at four under par, also one off the pace. Mito Pereira with the double bogey on the final hole. Hard to watch for Mito Pereira. And we will wait now as we get into a hot stretch of golf. Uh, U.S. Open a month away and RBC Canadian Open three weeks away. Speaking of the RBC Canadian Open... I want to give a thank you to Alan Palmer, General Manager, uh, St. George's Golf Club, the host of the RBC Canadian Open. 
I was unable to attend RBC uh, Canadian Open Media Day uh, held by Golf Canada a few Mondays ago. The reason I was unable to attend was I was uh, coming back from Washington, D.C., which was uh, hosting the Wells Fargo for a one-off year because Quail Hollow was getting ready for the President's Cup. I was working PGA Tour Radio. I was in transit coming back from D.C. to Toronto, so unable to attend. And Alan uh, was kind enough and generous enough to, to have me out this afternoon so I could get my eyes on the property. I haven't been there in years. Amazing. Uh, haven't seen the changes. Haven't played the golf course in probably 15 years. So what, Adam, you've seen it. What am I, uh, what am I, should I anticipate? Hitting fairways are at a premium and staying below the hole also at a premium. I love the variety of holes at St. George's. It's going to be a great test for the pros. And it's it's cool, also cool to, to play the golf course with all the, all the grandstands in place. I'm right. sure they'll be even more in place than they were two Mondays ago when we were there. So you'll have a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Going to check that out. Uh, Twitter poll. Hit us up. At Golf Talk Canada. Would you like to see the PGA Championship move around? Would you like to see other PGAs of the Federation engaged in a championship and turn the PGA into another major that moves around instead of a third on American soil all the time. This all goes back to the conversation about have they lost their identity or have they ever had an identity since they left match play over 70 years ago? That is the big question. Why not Valderrama, Royal Melbourne, Royal Montreal? Why not other countries that would love to host a major championship? I understand there is a TV component to this. You do lose that eastern seaboard TV rights angle. But you might you might make up for it from an international capacity, global right. capacity, same way the Open Championship does and the Ryder Cup does uh-huh. and the President's Cup does. Yeah, so, yeah. Right now it's sixty percent. By the way, our Twitter audience would like to see it move around. We're up to sixty. Which would be uh, that, and that'd be really cool. Now, Mark, this has been our PJ Championship recap show. Obviously, Phil Mickelson has been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons, and I'm looking forward to. Giving this a read. Oh, I have it as well. Okay. I okay. just started. I'm you, four chapters in. I haven't started yet. I okay. might start later this afternoon. The first on the chapter's really good. Okay. And then uh, and then there's a lull, and we kind of go back to his history as a kid and growing up, and now I'm coming yeah. back out of that, and we're in the college years. But it comes out of the gates hot. We'll have to have some sort of like, not like a book report. But no, no, no yeah. we'll get into this. Yeah. Maybe we'll have Alan on. That'd be cool. That'd yeah, be really cool. maybe we'll have Alan on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But yeah, let me know what you think. I well, for sure. Okay, cool. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a great week. You I'll see well, you for enjoy TV. Enjoy St. George's. Thank you. Yeah. We'll do a recap maybe next week on that. I love that. We're back uh, Wednesday, 1 o'clock, Golf Talk Canada Television. Next Monday, right back here, TSN Radio Network, 10 to noon Eastern, Golf Talk Canada. Enjoy your holiday weekend out there. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by... Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.